0: It's headphones nailed! What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Headphones Neil Reviews. I'm your host, as always, Headphones Neil, bringing you the first part of my 2023 review of the Star Wars films. So, in this case, to make it fit in an equal splitting of the episodes, I am gonna do a review of the um, three um, trilogy of films. So, for this one, it's gonna be the prequels. The next one will be the original trilogy. And then I'm going to round it out with the sequels. So this round of um, reviews is going to be a mix along the lines of um, imagining that I had never seen Star Wars or just poking some general holes, not necessarily in the plot, but just things that could have affected the outcome of the films if they had been done a little bit differently. So for me, I'm one of those people that I like the films in general, it rounds out From start to finish, all the elements of the Skywalkers, Emperor Palpatine, the Republic, and all the stuff that we see over the years. So, um, with this particular set of films, it just feels in this watching elite that a lot of the issues that happened throughout the the prequels could have been avoided with simple communication and the reason that Darth Sidious was able to gain as much power as he was, was because we have... Um, people not talking to each other and the general, um, power struggle of, um, the Jedi. Um, basically supporting the Senate more than they would support, um, the public's needs. So, and this is, um, answered well when we get to the season finale of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, where Ahsoka, or when, um, Obi-Wan and Anakin get called to rescue the Chancellor when Grievous um, uh, kidnaps him. And Ahsoka says that they're bending over backwards to save the Emperor when there's people on Mandalore and real everyday people who need help. So the Jedi have misplaced priorities. And this goes all the way back to something in the prequels that I never really spent too much time thinking about. But got to thinking for this review when at the beginning of the film... Obi-Wan tells Qui-Gon about how he has a feeling about something weird going on. It's something elusive and he can't quite put his finger on it. And Qui-Gon tells him to live in the present, in the living force and all that. And um, Obi-Wan tells him that Yoda tells him to um, think about things like that. So it feels like they could have figured out a lot more, whether it was just the crisis with the Neimoidian blockade or kind of figuring out that there's a, um...
1: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's betterhelp h e l p.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. Uh, Sith Lord that's around or just a general dark presence like you know find these hot spots through the force because of Obi-Wan's premonition and realize that there is something going on and they should investigate this but it feels like from this line Qui-Gon is telling Obi-Wan kind of don't worry about it don't really pay attention to your premonitions or your feelings but over the course of the rest of the franchise we see um Obi-Wan getting more in touch with his feelings with his um, premonitions and thoughts and kind of thinking a lot more where it didn't seem like he was doing that much under Qui-Gon but it feels like as a teacher Qui-Gon would have told him to um, spend more time thinking about it and try to pinpoint what um, is bothering him like to trust his intuitions It's something that um, Obi-Wan got really good at telling anakin um was to try and even um, emperor palpatine telling anakin was to trust your feelings um figure out what's going on and take it from there so all in all it just feels like a lot of the mysteries going on whether they start with like i said the um, blockade on naboo or even expanded to things like the clone army or the dark side of the force with the sith returning and all of that a lot of that could have been figured out if if Qui-Gon had sat down and listened to Obi-Wan helped him develop those feelings and translate those into the living force to say here's how you deal with it in the everyday life here's how you tie it into the present and um deal with it better where we see that happening more with Darth Sidious where he has uses his intuition and his feelings to uh, manipulate the galaxy at large and individual people like anakin and the senate and all of that to get what he wants so so right off the bat it's one of those things that's a plot point that they ignore because they need to move on along with the plot and it's a teaching lesson that obi-wan you're led to believe that obi-wan spends a lot of time worrying or thinking about his feelings but needs to spend more in the present Which he develops over time as he hones his feelings and all of that. But it just feels like they could have spent a lot more time developing that to figure out more about... You know, even for example with Maul um, and Sidious realizing that he's going to need a better person or better apprentice than a blunt instrument. So uh, with that being said, when we get into Attack of the Clones, overall it's one of... Or I enjoy the movie in general... Just because we get to see a, a huge lightsaber battle, it's the creation of the clone army, and all of that. But in all, in the entirety of the film, we don't really see anyone asking the important question about... We have an army of clones, and they all look exactly like the bad guy that makes Windu beheaded, beheaded on the Geonotion um in the Geo ocean uh, arena. And I got to thinking that if you see that the, there's a bad guy work, or there, you see that the template for your clone army is working for the bad guys, then why wouldn't anyone raise the question? Why wouldn't anyone say, well, let's figure out more about these clones. What's going on? Let's inspect them and um, in as much detail as possible. And I want to say in the Clone Wars TV series, they explore that a little bit when the inhibitor chip um, fails in, I think it was Clone Trooper 5's if memory serves. But in one of the Clone Troopers, the memory chip fails, the inhibitor chip, and a couple of the team or his squad um, uh, believe him and understand it and all of that. But you would think right off the bat when the war starts that they would have done an in-depth detail analysis, and somehow it was, I guess, as a matter of plot point, it would have got it got missed. But it would have been an interesting scene in the film to have, you know, at the end before the scene where Yoda, Obi-Wan and Mace Windu are talking to show um the scientists inspecting the clones and inspecting the facilities on Cam- Camino or even looking at the data and analyzing it to say okay, well, this is a clone army based on a bad guy, but they're they filtered out all that stuff and made them loyal which is one of those things where okay they made them loyal to the republic but you would think that whoever did this in secret did so with a reason so if someone's trying to get a backdoor access into your system you would want to have that much more of a inspection to find any potential vulnerabilities and get rid of them or not use that um, particular system granted they're thrown into a war and it's a matter of need and perspective but it would have been at least a scene to acknowledge that that um the template of these clones work for a bad guy so let's inspect the material there's nothing there and we're gonna move on and then the inhibitor chip would have been missed because it looks just like part of the brain matter is built into the skull or something like that or when it's inactive it's easy to miss in a scan so something along those lines um and then the same thing in the or the other issue i had with the attack of the clones was Sometimes I just hear every so often the sparking or the rising of the debate that the Clone Wars was all Jar Jar Binks' fault, where personally, thinking about it a little bit more now, it's not necessarily his fault. I mean, he was played by in that conversation between Ma Sameda and Palpatine that if only Padme was there, she would have decided to vote for the clones. But it also feels like in her... um, character build up she would have been against it so you would have think that jar jar would have said no she actually wouldn't have gone for this she's a pacifist doesn't want to fight or anything like that but you would have also thought they would have set up the scene when she's giving him the responsibilities that tell him you know outright if you see if anyone tries to make you do something that i would not do or acknowledge or want to do then you tell them no she wouldn't want to do that and we're going to wait for her to return or we're going to get her input so for me while while you know she would uh, go uh, or be a part of aggressive negotiations she would fight for diplomacy first so it just feels like they didn't give jar jar a chance in this film to grow and develop as much as they could have to the point where we don't even have him in the third film until the very end of the film so it's one of those things where between phantom menace and attack of the clones it really feels like they could have Built up his character, got him out of the firestorm that he got from the first film. Give him a chance to grow and say, okay, he's still the way he is because, you know, he's still learning and he's under the apprenticeship of Padme and But give him the chance to grow and learn and say, okay, this is what she would have done. This is why she would do these things in these situations and make a better decision than... Oh, look, these guys are saying this, so they must be right and then um, actually do what they say. So that was, and that's even a scene that kind of has bugged me over the course of the years, but just putting my finger on it, it just feels like it would have been just like the clone inhibitor chip scene. It would have been a quick scene where um, even if a few lines where Padme tells him that she that he's been doing great with all his training, she's, she loves his progress and all of that. So just remember, if it's a decision that I would not make, don't go for it because it probably is correct and trust your intuition and things like that. So with that, with the um, Revenge of the Sith, the main issue, and I will go into the saying that it was my favorite of the trilogy of films. It has one of the best openings of of all the live action films. Along the lines of Attack of the Clones having one of the best endings to the films, so with that being said, my main issue in Revenge of the Sith was when the Jedi are having their conversation and they're talking about the war and the plot to overturn the, overturn the Jedi or the plot against the Jedi. Mace Windu says that he's sensing a plot to um, he senses a plot against the Jedi. And I got to thinking, why is he sensing this at the end of the Clone Wars? So, ignoring the entire span of the Clone Wars TV series, when the Jedi, Ar- or when the Clone Army was um, built, and it was built without anyone's knowledge, it was um, built with under the orders of Sypho Diaz, Mace Window and Yoda did not know that he had created that um he didn't know he didn't know that the clone army was created so wouldn't you think that they would have investigated the sifo diaz connection or any connection for that matter to find out how this clone army was created in the name of the republic where did the funds come from why are people throwing out sifo diaz's name even if it's just a smokescreen like why are they doing that so um in general my main concern here is that it would have been it's another situation where they could have fixed it with a scene where they go and investigate that sifo ds connection um i think they resolve it in the clone wars with um obi-wan and i think and i forget the guy's name who's basically the native american uh jedi character of the sh- uh, in the star wars universe but they spend an episode or two exploring that connection to find out what's going on and they they ultimately don't find anything but you would think that between the two films they have some sort of acknowledgement that the clone wars were started with or the clones were created without their knowledge so let's go down this rabbit hole if Mace Windu has the ability to check fault lines and check for pressure points in the force Why don't they show anything like that? Why don't they show him using that ability to um, navigate those pressure points either in um, Attack of the Clones, although in Attack of the Clones he still had faith in Anakin being the chosen one. So in Revenge of the Sith, why couldn't they have had that whole thing where he's showing the premonitions that he sees that his fault lines have been blocked because of the dark side of the force but he had a moment of clarity and he realizes that Anakin is going to be the pressure point along with um, Palpatine and along those lines you know when the there's the four Jedi Masters to go arrest Palpatine, Obi-Wan on um, um, Kamino or not Kamino but um, Utapau to have any of those visions like present that in the beginning of the movie or over the course of revenge of the sith so you can see that he's that it doesn't it seems kind of confusing to have that statement at the end of the war when he could have literally done that at any time throughout the war and um dealt with that or even start the beginning of the film after the after obi-wan and anakin rescue the chancellor have that session where he tells them in council privately with or without anakin that he's been following the fault lines in the force and I guess on that note don't have Anakin because he tells Obi-Wan that he's been following the fault lines Anakin's going to be a pivot point the Chancellor's going to be a pivot point and um take it from there and then build that into the mission where Obi-Wan tells Anakin to spy on the Chancellor so it feels like they could have done taken a lot different routes they tried to summarize not necessarily yada yada over stuff just they tried to summarize a lot of information where they could should have spent you know an extra five or ten minutes to expand some of that information to um show that growing shift and change and stuff because by the time we get to um rise of skywalker we have the emperor cloning himself and um The ability to have the Force Storm and all of that, that's all great, but it feels like it could have had better setup now in retrospect to build a lot of that information together and tie it uh, together very, very nicely. Um, And to have more Force powers than just Force Run, um, jumping and things like that, but um, with that being said, that's really the bulk of this review, so for me, it just feels like in this... In the prequel trilogy of movies, it just feels like communication would have solved a lot of problems, and a little bit of thinking and foresight would have also solved some problems. Because you see, you know, Obi Wan growing in his powers, Anakin growing in his powers, uh, Yoda and his ability to uh, fight Dooku and reject Force Lightning. Um, and you see the council with some of the original council members and things like that. You have Mace Windu with his purple lightsaber, but I think the novelization showed off his character a lot more, a lot better than the movie did. So it just feels like they didn't translate Mace Windu well into the movies where they could have introduced a lot of that stuff. It didn't have to necessarily be in all three movies, but presented in the third movie to show his um, power compared to um, Chancellor Palpatine to show why he's a good. Um, force user where we have the battle with palpatine and yoda to show their lightsaber skills so it just feels like they didn't spend enough time on the force powers side of things aside from the force lightning and things like that so with that being said that's all there is for this particular review so if you have any questions comments feedback or anything like that you can comment on this post by get on any of the social media sites I'm on by visiting Headphones Neil dot reviews. The website also has subscription links and ways to support the show to get more of my content and give a little back if you enjoy this and other reviews. So in the coming weeks, look out for the next two reviews for the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. So by the time I finished with the sequels. I will do an overarching review as well on how they how well they tied it together. Did they tie it together well? Were they all too disparate? Um, but I will say, because I've seen the movies enough, that the transition from the first trilogy to the next will be um, Vader, Palpatine, Tarkin at the end of episode 3, Luke and Leia, Baylor and Tilly's. So how they play together in the next set of films will be of particular note and interest. So thanks for tuning into this particular review and until next time.